and valleys in our way. But right here in this moment, may our strength be renewed as we recall what God has done and how we've seen Him move. If there's anybody here who's found Him faithful, anybody here who knows He's able.
to Sunday morning, Easter Sunday at Eastwood Baptist Church. We are so grateful that you have joined us virtually. Um, this is all different to all of us. We are here worshiping from our living room today just for you. So we want you to join in with us, worship with us, because he is worthy of our praise. Yes, he is. So um, we're going to let Mac open us up in prayer, and then we're going to get back to some songs. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins so that we may have new life with you. Um, Lord, um, I pray that everyone that's affected by the virus, by this issue, um, that they would receive healing, they would receive what you have for them. Uh, because, Lord, you know what's best. You know what you're doing. You know that this is a trial that we need to go through, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And despite all what, what's happening, the spiral that seems to be out of control currently with business, people's jobs, people's health, mm -hmm. Lord, I just pray that you would just solve it. Amen. Lord, in, in your own way, you know what you're doing. Yes. We just need to trust you. Lord, um, I pray for everybody stuck at home. I pray for this whole thing to go well. We're here relatively late at night doing this. And, you know, we're all tired, but we know that this is for something that you, there's something that's greater than us involved in this. And we want to do it for you. We want to, we want to worship you because you know what you're doing. We know, you know what's going on and all we have to do is trust you. And that's all that matters. Amen. So Lord, just take these songs, take the preacher's message, take this whole service, this whole program that we're putting on and just bless it. And yes. uh, I hope hope we uh, get the job done. <laughs> In Jesus' name I pray. Yes. Amen. 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 We are having to be creative to get this done for you. And yes, it is late at night, but <laughs> happy Resurrection Day. That's Amen. Right. <laughs> That's right. Amen. <laughs> Technical difficulties. In the foothills of sorrow, looking up from the valley of fear, you can see down off in the distance, and you're about to lose heart right here. But don't ever give in, don't ever give up. God is with you, and you'll overcome. The mountain will tell you that you can't make it over. It will try to convince you that it's way too high. trials he's brought you through and when his power gave strength for the journey the very hour you needed it too so don't be discouraged cause time 
Okay. Yeah. Where
because he is alive. Mm-hmm. He died, but he rose, and we serve Amen. a living God. Yes. Because he
bottom of the barrel, you're yeah. going to get them through it no matter what. They'll get led to you. Everybody's mm -hmm. going to get a chance to get led to you no matter what. Yeah. And um, I pray for our essential workers, my, my brother and I included. I pray yes. that our mm -hmm. business days will be easy, steadfast, yes. without any trouble. Just yeah. able for us to be able to support our communities and be able to help out the best way that we can. Keep a smile on our face. Yeah. And I pray for those who are unemployed or working at home, just doing the best that they can to glorify you and everything that they do. And I pray for everyone in the congregation at home who may be sick with Corona or not with Corona, who just may be sick, may be yeah. in need of healing, yeah. that you'll heal them no matter yeah. what it is. Everyone needs help. Yes. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Amen. amen and amen. We love you guys. Love you guys. Love you Happy Resurrection Day. <clears throat> Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. With that great Christian hymn, Christians around the world on this Easter Sunday are celebrating the glorious death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, whom we call the Christ. We're living in very difficult times. Every home is affected by this coronavirus. Many of us have uh, had very difficult days, and we're told that there may be more difficult days. It's been a lot of bad news, very frankly. But from here in the sanctuary of the Eastwood Baptist Church, I want to bring a message from God's Word today, which is not bad news, but good news. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Corinthians, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you and in which you've received and in which you stand, and by which you have been saved, if you hold fast to what I preached to you, unless some have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, as of the first importance, that which I received, what I was taught, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised again on the third day according to the Scriptures. And He appeared to Cephas, Cephas, of course, was Simon Peter and the other 12, verse 6. And after he appeared, afterwards he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, many of whom are still living, Paul says. And then he appeared to James and to all the other apostles. And last of all, to me, as one born out of due time. For by the grace of God, I am what I am. With all of this sad, bad news, I'm glad to come to you today with the good news of the gospel. It is the gospel of resurrection. For you see, often we read the story of the gospel from the birth of Christ through his life and ministry to his death and his burial and his resurrection. But that's not really the way the Gospels were written. 
In fact, they were written after the resurrection, and it was the resurrection which was the dynamo. It was the drive engine which drove these new believers into the world to share the story of this wonderful gospel. What happened on that first day? What happened after Jesus died on the cross? From Luke's gospel, chapter 24, let me read briefly, and we will see this story as it unfolds, that is, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 24, verse 1, and on the first day of the week, that first day of the week is the Lord's day. It is what we call Sunday. It is this day on which the Christian church around the world worships and celebrates the glorious resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. At early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. Who were they? Well, you have to look back up in a few verses before that in chapter 23. Who were they? They were the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee. They saw the tomb. They knew where it was. And they came on this first Easter morning, not expecting resurrection. They were expecting to find a dead body. Christ still in the tomb. Verse 2 of chapter 24, but when they came, they found the stone rolled away, and when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. And while they were perplexed about it, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothes. Both Matthew and Mark calls them angels. And as the women turned, were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek Jesus, the one living among the dead? He is not here. He has arisen. Remember his words, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified the third day and rise again, and then they remembered. That's what we're doing this morning. We are celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We are remembering the record that God has given to us. Through history, there have been many interpretations of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Tragically, some of them have not been according to what is revealed in God's Word. And so I call us today back to this wonderful, wonderful story of the resurrection. For many years, my wife and I were missionaries working in Southeast Asia, and the population there were not Christian, and they would often ask about the cross and what it meant. They had many misunderstandings, but we cannot misunderstand. The Christian church has always confessed four things about the death of Christ. First of all, historically, we believe, and it is affirmed, that there was a man in Palestine in the first century by the name of Jesus from Nazareth. There is no contradiction of that. It is not only in biblical revelation, but also from the history of mankind. 
Secondly, that this man was crucified. This man died on a cross. And the third thing is that he was placed in a tomb, and that that tomb was officially recognized by the Roman government. They placed guards there. Not only did they that, but they placed a Roman seal on that tomb. Jesus was placed inside the tomb, and the stone was rolled to close it, and a seal was placed there, and even guards That's what the Jewish people, the rulers, wanted someone to guard this tomb, lest the disciples come and steal the body of Jesus. The fourth thing we confess about the gospel of Jesus is that on this first morning, three days later, the tomb was open and the body of Christ was not there. These women knew where the tomb was, they had come. And as they came, we come today to the empty tomb to celebrate the glorious resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we do, we find Jesus there. For Jesus says to Mary Magdalena, Mary, this is a beautiful meeting. And I've often wondered why Jesus on this first Resurrection Sunday came to speak to Mary personally. I think it's because she was lonely. She felt her life had fallen apart. The one whom she believed to be her Savior, the one whom she believed to be God's Son from heaven, had died. And she couldn't understand that. She did not remember the words until the angel said, you remember what he said. Jesus, again and again in his earthly ministry, told his disciples that he was going up to Jerusalem. He would be arrested. He would be put to death. But on the third day, he would arise again from the dead. Mary remembered that because the angels reminded her. And Jesus comes and stands before her. Jesus comes to the lonely, lonely person. During this virus epidemic, pandemic, in fact, many people are sequestered. They are sheltering in their homes. And how lonely it is for so many people. Perhaps you are a single mother Or perhaps you are a widow. Perhaps you are alone and you wonder, is there any word from God for me on this Easter Sunday morning? In spite of all of this tragic news about the virus, I feel so lonely. Oh, listen and listen to his words. Jesus came personally and spoke to Mary and spoke her name. Jesus speaks your name this morning. And he says, come again and look at what I have done. I died for you on the cross. I was buried and I have been raised again. That's good news. That's blessed news. That's the best news I know. Not only did Jesus come to meet Mary on that day, 
But if you'll look a little further in the Gospel of Luke, beginning at verse 13, you'll find a, another interesting experience. Jesus met Mary of Magdalene evidently very early in the morning on the first day of the week. But later that day, and we're not sure exactly when it happened, there were two of Jesus' disciples who we're told, uh, behold, two of them were going that very day to a village in Emmaus. They were going down to their home village, and a stranger comes in and starts walking with them. They begin to talk about what's happened in Jerusalem, and these two former followers or followers of Jesus begin to say, we, we, we know what happened in Jerusalem. We, we know Christ died. We had hoped he was the one who would be the Savior of the world. And after that, even some women have told us, they amazed us early this morning, saying he has arisen, but they were not sure. They were going their own way Actually, Jesus had said to his disciples, I'll meet you in Galilee. That's to the north. These disciples were going to the south. They were going the opposite direction. In the midst of this terrible crisis, there are many disciples who formerly followed Christ. They are used to be Christians but somehow you've backed off and trying to deal with life and its reality with the crisis, not only the medical crisis, but the financial crisis and the trying to keep our families together and have enough food and pay the rent and pay the mortgage. Life just seems so hard right now. We got to get on with our business, get on with our life. And so they basically are walking away from Christ. But the marvelous thing of it is that this visitor who was walking beside them listened to all of this and then listened to what he said. Oh, foolish men and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. They were good Jewish men. They knew the Old Testament. They knew that God had promised that the Messiah would come and that he would defeat Satan and he would deliver the people and bring them to God. But they had forgotten that. Slow of heart. Maybe you're a Christian this morning. You may not like that word, but things are not what they used to be between you and the Lord. Jesus comes this morning to search for you. He comes to walk with you along the dusty road of life in the midst of these difficulties, with the difficulty of having work and the difficulty of having enough money for food and for the mortgage. Jesus is walking with you this morning. He's not abandoned you. Although you may be going in the wrong direction and you've made some bad choices, Jesus comes again to bring you back to himself. And he did this as he sat down at a meal with these men in Emmaus. And when he broke the bread at the meal, they knew who he was. And they jumped up 
I don't know whether they asked to be excused or whether they left Jesus at the table or what, but they jumped up and ran all the way back to, to Jerusalem. And we hear their words, and it, it's, they said to the disciples, the Lord has really risen. He has come to us. He's been with us. He spoke to us. I pray that Christ is going to speak to you in the midst of this crisis, this corona crisis. May he call you back to himself if you've been going the wrong way as his disciple. We may not be able to meet in the congregation. The congregation is empty this morning. But there's coming a day when he will gather us together, either in this congregation or he'll gather us together in the air. I want to ask you, are you ready for his coming? Not only did Jesus come to bring peace, and that's what he said to, to these people, my peace I give to you. He gave a new peace to Mary Magdalene, and he gave a new peace to the hearts of these two men on the road to Emmaus. But it was a peace that stirred their hearts so much that when they came to the disciples, they said, his words burned in our hearts. It is my prayer that as you think about Christ during this Easter season, that his words by the Holy Spirit will take those words and burn them into your heart and bring us back to him where we need to be if you've wandered away. There's another wonderful appearance of Jesus, and probably it's the most prominent, for Jesus came in where the disciples were. They were gathered in the upper room John tells us that they were in this upper room with the door being shut. The word shut is to fasten the door. It was to lock the door. They were sequestered. They were sheltered. They were not going out, probably for fear of the Jews. They had arrested Christ. They had crucified him. After the Garden of Gethsemane, the disciples ran away. Jesus wanted to protect them, but he had told them he was going to meet them again, but they were not sure. When the women came and said that Jesus had arisen from the dead and that the angels had told them that Christ is alive, they thought that what the women said was foolishness. You may think this morning that this service is foolishness, but I want to guarantee you, dear friends, this is the most important thing in your life. For the death and burial and resurrection of Christ is something new in the world. We're told about this coronavirus that this is a new happening. We haven't seen this in our generation, although there have been other epidemics and pandemics around the world. You can read that in history. But this is the first time our generation has experienced it. And we're told that there's something new going on, something that will change our lives radically, something that literally will be something new. Life will never be the same, we're told, after we emerge from this pandemic. I want to say to you, dear friends, that's exactly what Paul says. That's exactly what happened at the resurrection. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection has brought something new into the world, not negative, not death, but he's brought life and resurrection and hope. He did that to Mary Magdalene, to the two 
on the road to Emmaus, and we're told in John that when the disciples saw Jesus, and Jesus says, here's my hands, see the scars? Here's my feet, see the scars? Here's my side, see the scars? The scripture says that then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. I pray at this on this Easter Sunday, at this moment, that the Holy Spirit of God will bring a new sense of joy to your heart, a new sense of peace. I want to say very frankly, a new sense of determination to be faithful to the Lord. You see, Jesus recognized the faithfulness of Mary Magdalene. Why did Jesus meet this woman? He came personally to recognize her faithfulness to him. Why did he search out those two disciples going to Emmaus. They were simply going the wrong way. And at this Easter season, Christ calls us back into the fellowship. And he came to give comfort and peace and hope and newness of life to these disciples. This was like a revival in their hearts. Christ is alive. And their lives were never the same. Never the same. During this Easter Sunday began a period of 40 days in which our Lord remained on the earth and taught the disciples. I believe he taught them the meaning of the, of the crucifixion. Yesterday I spoke uh, on the death of Christ, and I believe that Jesus explained to his disciples exactly what the death of Christ meant for them and for the world and how they were to take this good news to all the world. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, not only did he appear to the women and to, to Peter and to the disciples, but he said he also appeared to James. If you'll look again at that, we wonder which James is that? You remember in Mark chapter 4, we're told that Jesus was the firstborn son of Mary, conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit, unique, the true son of God. He is truly God, truly man. Never was there anyone like Jesus. But after the birth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph continued or began their normal relationship with the family. They had another family. We're told they had a son named James and Joseph or Judah, and also some girls. Never knew anything about the girls, but we know about two of those disciples, two of those brothers, half-brothers of Jesus. One of them was James. James probably was the next sibling after Jesus and may well have produced their relationship was not the most harmonious. In fact, there are evidences in the Gospels that the family of Jesus never quite understood what he was doing and what he was about. And so they wanted to tell him after Jesus was embarrassed one day by some questions from some religious leaders. They called Jesus and said, let's go home. Someone said, Jesus, your mother and your brethren are calling for you. Jesus asked, who is my mother and who is my brethren? It's these who follow me, who are obedient to me. These are my brothers and my sisters. 
this is my family, my new family. As a Christian, you probably have found a new family in this church and how wonderful this church is. And may God bless it. May God cause it to grow. You see, Christ wants to bring you into his family. And the most important thing is he reaches out sometimes to those who are like enemies. James misunderstood Jesus. But we're told that Jesus, after the resurrection, came to James. Now, we're not given the privilege of that conversation. When did it happen and where did it happen? We're not told. But on the day of Pentecost, we hear in the book of Acts chapter 1 that the mother of Jesus and his brothers were in the upper room with the disciples. So something happened after the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus went personally to James, and James was converted. He was thoroughly converted, so much so that in the book of Acts chapter 15, James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. He's one of the leaders there. That's the James who is the half-brother of Jesus. And that's the James that Jesus came to see. I want to ask, do you have a brother or sister who doesn't know the Lord? On this Resurrection Sunday, I pray that you'll give them a call and urge them, just tell them the gospel again and tell them your testimony. Tell them your joy to bring them to Christ. But there was one other that Paul mentions here. He says, and finally, he appeared to me. Now, of course, we know the story of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. And Jesus came personally to Paul. And I want to say to you, dear friends, the conversion of the apostle Paul is unique because it was Paul's personal conversion to Jesus Christ. Your conversion is the same. Jesus comes to us by the Holy Spirit, and he convicts us of our sins and he convicts us of righteousness and the judgment to come. And we come to him and we bow before him. Why? Because Christ comes to seek us. He came to seek Mary Magdalene and give her peace in the midst of her loneliness. He came to search out the two men on the road to Emmaus to bring them back to him. And I pray that during this time of great suffering in America and around the world, that it will not push us away from Christ and cause us to go on our own way to Emmaus, but he will bring us back into the fellowship. And that when we come together again, there will be revival, there will be wholeness, there will be happiness, there will be unity in the fellowship of Christ. For Christ did that for his disciples when he met the, the others in the upper room. But there are others that Christ wants to bring. He wants to bring those who misunderstand him and don't know him like James. But then Christ also wants to bring those who are like enemies. You see, Paul or Saul of Tarsus was an enemy. He had persecuted the church of God, he says here. And yet in God's grace and mercy, he reached out to Saul of Tarsus and brought him by faith to Christ. Oh, what a wonderful story that during this time of difficulty, this time of tragedy, this time of great pain, this day which is different from all other days, and a time that we have never been through before, they talk about things changing. It was a great day 
when Christ arose from the dead because it divided time between before Christ and in A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. What does this mean to me and you personally? First of all, the resurrection of Jesus Christ assures us that the gospel witness, the gospel witness uh, to Jesus is truthful and you can accept it. What Jesus said, I will die, I will rise again. No other religious leader in the world has made that prophecy. I'm going to die, I will rise again. My two granddaughters live in Appleton, Wisconsin, which is the home of the famous musician Houdini. There's a museum there, and there is a, a, a plaque in which it talks about some of the last things Houdini said to his wife before he died. He told her, if I can come back, if, if people can come back from the dead, I will come back to you. I will come back. Mrs. Houdini wrote in her autobiography, he never did. He never did. Men may say they will rise again, but it's only the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. That's what the scripture says. This resurrection assures us of the truthfulness of Jesus. It also vindicates the fact that Jesus had come from God. For he said, I've come to do the Lord's will. And in the end, he laid down his life. He surrendered his life into thy hands. I commit my spirit. The third thing is that the resurrection of Jesus testifies to the fact that Christ's death on the cross does pay for, does bring new life to you and me. We are forgiven of our sins and we have new life in Christ. It also reminds us and proclaims to us that Jesus Christ is the only Lord. This is the gospel. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no under name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. This coronavirus is changing the world, but I want to tell you of a greater change, and that's when Jesus Christ arose from the dead. The most wonderful thing about the resurrection of Jesus, and I love how Philip Yancey says, <clears throat> the creator of the universe, seeing his son on the cross, dying for the sins of the world. God says, that's the end of death. Death will not reign in my universe. And Peter on the day of Pentecost says, you crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. You see, God said, yes, Jesus, your death, your payment for the sins of the world, I accept. And he lifted Christ again from the dead ones. And Christ ever lives. And you and I will meet him someday and we will celebrate resurrection in heaven for he too will give us resurrection and lift us into his presence. May God bless you on this Easter Sunday morning and give you his peace is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen.